Good morning and welcome to Car Thoughts with David, episode number 83. And wow, 83 episodes. I still can't believe it when I look at these counts. And thank you guys, all of you new listeners out there. I've started this gambit. I've told you guys about it in the previous episodes, this digital marketing, social media for my podcast, and then expanding that out to other people's podcasts. And I've literally seen a doubling or uh, in some episodes a tripling of listens um, just in the last... I started the website Saturday night. I changed it to become what it is now, which is the, the podcasting advertising for everybody, the indexing service, the place where people can go once I get enough podcast listed on there to find out about podcasts, find out about the podcasters, hear their story, why they do it, all of those great and wonderful things. I created this site. So officially it's first day of being what it is now and what it's going to be was Sunday. So Sunday. So by Wednesday, I had seen a doubling and tripling of episode plays on my site. So thank you guys so much. Thank you to all the new listeners. I really hope you enjoy my show and what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to help people get the word out, figure out social media, figure out how to find their medium, how to find their path, how to find their voice. And, you know, it's amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm in shock at the turnout and the turnaround that's happened in just a matter of a couple days. It's mind-boggling. Because I looked at those stats. Um, I actually looked at it and was starting to freak out because I was having my mid-year review with my manager. And I had mentioned my side business. And he was like, I hear you have a podcast and so, so I was like, yeah, I actually technically have two podcasts and then a marketing uh, agency that I'm starting and a website and all of this other stuff. He's like, what are the names? And he's like, yeah, you probably talked about, you know, that I'm a terrible boss. And he's not. He's really great. <laughs> but, um, I'm not just saying that because he might be listening to this episode. Um, you know, he's just a really great guy. He tries to help you out and does what he can to, to you know, get your back on stuff. So... You know, I was a little first kind of cagey at the idea of naming the name of my show uh, to him because it was just, I'm always nervous because I feel like I always have this fleeting fear in the back of my mind that I'm not good enough, that what I'm doing is terrible, that it sucks. Um, and, you know, I always have that self-doubt and everybody does. So this is, this is my moment to kind of give you guys a pep talk right here. Everybody has that. It happens to everyone. I don't care if you are, you know, a street musician um, or if you're like freaking Robert De Niro. Everybody, or Morgan Freeman, everybody has those times where they feel like, you know, am I doing good enough? You know, everybody has those times, those self-doubt. It's just what we do with that self-doubt, do we let it control us, or do we let it um, propel us to do it anyway, and when people say, oh, I love, you know, that was so awesome, you know, you really like your show, I went to a networking event, actually, um, you know, after I got off work, 
and uh, it was down at the Rosemont in Charlotte. It was an awesome event hosted by my good buddy Rich Jehiel, and um, he is such a fantastic person to know. He just he knows everybody, and he's just got that personality where he draws people to him. You know, it's just people are attracted to him because of how outgoing he is. That he just draws all these different people from all these different walks of lives uh, to him, and um, you know, I've I, through him I've met so many phenomenal people. I've been connected with so many amazing people uh, in the Charlotte area, and he's just he's just awesome. I mean, just flat out awesome person um (laughs) so um but yeah and uh you know i went to this networking event i started talking about it and everyone's like you know they always have that especially at a networking event you know you got a lot of people who are there because they're kind of business professionals they're hoping to rub elbows with somebody that might be able to help them in their business and vice versa you know obviously so you know there's always that that question like oh what do you do and i'm like well i do it uh work for wells fargo so I, I, I'm a computer guy. I fix computers. And, you know, I'm like, well, that's what I do in my day job. You know, because all these guys are like, oh, you know, do this, 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 you know. And, and that's cool. Um, you know, because I don't put a lot of stock in the titles or, or things like that. Because I treat everybody like people. You know, I don't say, oh, you're this, oh, you're, you know, or, you know. Because that's the lesson, and I've actually mentioned that in the podcast, you know, uh, about Paul McCartney, you know, and, and uh, you know, and, and Larry Norman when they met, and that story that he told about when they met. And so I, ever since, I've had that, that mentality that, um, you know, I just treat people, you know, everybody's a human at the end of the day. When you take away the money, the clothing, the whatever, you know, whatever somebody has, you take it all away. You wash everything away. At the end of the day, we're all people. We're all human beings, homo sapien, you know, whatever the Latin is. Uh, I know some Latin enough to get by when my aunt's trying to explain something to me and German's just not cutting it (coughs) for me. So, you know, there's that. But at the end of the day, like I said, we're all just human. We all just want to be treated with respect, with dignity, (coughs) and to be treated as a human so so yeah and um you know so I met a lot of really fantastic people had a lot of fantastic conversations and it was just really it was really a good event it was one of those things like a recharging event you know um you know where I was able to to talk to people and help people and I'm actually I've got a lot of people who are like oh you you help people with podcasting. You help people get started with podcasting and learning about it and doing stuff and advertising it. <clears throat> I need your information. I was like, I don't have business cards, which irony of irony uh, strikes. <laughs> I won, uh, which um, I don't know if I'm going to tell this to my wife yet, and I hope she doesn't listen to this episode. Um, there was actually two tickets to Hamilton. Uh, the Broadway show. Uh, of course, it's playing here in Charlotte at the Blumenthal Arts Center, um, and tickets are already sold for like six, the next six months, uh, you know, sold out for the next six months. Um, my wife likes to f- go to the opera occasionally. We went to see Fan of the Opera on Broadway, um, actually just like a block from our hotel. So that was really cool. You know, we stayed at a really nice hotel in Times Square. 
um, for our one of our anniversary early anniversary uh, trips. Um, and then we went to see Rent uh, play in Charlotte at Blumenthal, and it was it was good. I admit I'm not a fan of the opera. I'm not a fan of uh, Rent or Phantom of the Opera per se. Um, I'm not a opera goer. I'm not a whatever the phrase is or term, whatever it is. It's it's not me. You know, you know, give me give me a concert to go see. You know. Uh, Steve Miller Band or, or Rush or Jack Johnson or Eric Hutchison or basically a concert you know send me to a concert I'm cool you put me in a in an opera and I'm like it's like okay um, yeah it's it's neat it's interesting it's it's a new experience cool so but anyway they had tickets to Alexander up for grabs um, and I didn't win so I don't think I'm going to tell her that just because I don't want her to know that there was a chance I could have got Alexander tickets and didn't get them. Um, though, of course, I'm sure once the hype dies down enough to where mere mortals like myself can purchase tickets uh, without having to wait six to eight months uh, to go see it, um, you know, we'll go for sure. You know, I've heard from people that have actually seen it on Broadway. They say it's super awesome and fun and entertaining. Uh, and there's a lot of good music, so I will I will uh, go and do that for her because <laughs> that's what good husbands do, right? So anyway, um, yeah. So there was that, um, but I won. Where this is where the irony kicks in. I don't have business cards. I won a custom made, awesome uh, wooden uh, wall uh, wooden business card holder beautiful piece of work as a matter of fact the guy who actually builds them was there at the networking event i'm sitting there holding it and he's like hey that's a really awesome uh business card holder and i was like yeah i said the only irony is i don't have business cards he's like well you know you know just give it time and <laughs> so we started talking and i was uh, he was asking me about what i do and i told him it and i said you know i'm kind of burnt out on it i'm kind of looking to do something else in the business world um, you know, and he's like, well, we're looking for an IT person, um, you know, my, for my wife's company and, uh, where she works. And I was like, oh yeah, I mean, I'd still do IT. It's not like I'm quitting it, uh, right away. Cause I've got to eat. Um, but you know, um, it's just not where my passion is anymore. You know, it's just not me. It's not what I'm focused on. It's not you know, I've been doing it for so long. I'm just kind of like, eh, you know, I'm, you know, I am what I am. I, I'm, I'm just, I've changed. I'm at a different point in my life, you know? So there's that. Um, so yeah, but I mean, I talked to him about stuff because my dad, uh, so, you know, a journeyman wood, woodworker, you know, he's made some really incredible pieces. Uh, he's, you know, made judges gavels for judges in, in Gaston County. He's, made some incredible tables he actually the computer desk that i work on and schedule my podcast episodes from my actual computer desk was made by my dad i told him what i wanted i said i wanted a mission style uh desk i told him i wanted it built out of pine and before you guys freak out uh, about the fact that i asked for something to be if you're if there are any woodworkers listening to this um i told him i said dude dad this is a computer desk 
I'm going to be setting cups of coffee and Pepsi and eating while I'm working on it. I mean, he built this for me, like, uh, shortly after I got married. So I've had this desk for, like, seven years, eight years uh, now. Um, I said, you know, we have cats. There's going to be cats jumping all over. Because he was like, oh, you know, Dave, you know, uh, I could build you one. I've got a bunch of cherry from your, your grandfather, Ray. When he passed away, he left, he willed me a lot of wood. Um, and, uh, you know, or I've got some mahogany I can build this out of. I mean, this desk will last you the rest of your life. I can build you this desk. And I said, Dad, I would feel guilty every time I used the desk because I would know how much work you put into it and the wood that you used and that that wood was raised wood, you know, stuff that he had stored and saved because he was... He was just this masterful woodworker. I mean, he actually made, like, working pliers. He would, like, take a little block of wood and make a pair of working pliers that he would carve out of wood, out of a single piece of wood, and they would open and close, and you could actually... I mean, obviously, you couldn't do, like, plumbing or anything like that, but you could, you know, clamp down on pieces of paper and pick them up, things like that, you know, because obviously you don't want to break it. You know, it's a handmade item out of a single piece of wood. I don't know how he figured out how to make all those cuts so the thing would open and close. Uh, he would actually make chains. He would take them uh, one by one, you know, inch by inch, whatever, uh, a piece of wood, you know, about a foot long, and he would carve it into a one foot long chain that was made out of wood. That <clears throat> the whole thing's one continuous piece. He would actually carve it down into a cross shape, and then he would make the the loops of the chain, and then he would cut out the pieces and actually carve it out of a single piece of wood. So it'd be one continuous chain that was not cut anywhere to make the wood links go together. It was actually he just cut it all out and then just kept cutting away at it until it became a chain. Um, you know, just phenomenally amazing things. So he had all this wood that he was going to build things like this out of, and that was kind of his his retirement. You know, he would sell stuff like this. He would make gifts for the grandchildren and things like that. Um, he wasn't actually technically my grandfather. He was my grandmother's boyfriend. Um, you know, she had been married several times, so by the time they met, she wasn't really interested in getting married anymore, and he was kind of like, you know, hey, I'm not really interested. I'm, you know, I, I think he had had two wives. Both of them had passed away. He had a couple children, grandchildren, things like that, so he wasn't really super into the idea of getting married either, so they were perfect for each other, but we always called him Grandpa Ray. You know, we were, you know, we didn't know any better back then. You know, I was a kid. You know, I was like seven, eight. <laughs> Somewhere around there, um, but yeah, so when he passed away, <clears throat> he left all this wood in the garage for my dad to have because he knew my dad loved woodworking. So I told him, I said, I would feel so guilty the moment that I set a cup down and something happened and spilt Pepsi all over the surface of it. I mean, granted, it would be stained, it would be shellacked, it would be protected. You know, my dad wouldn't have just gave me a natural wood desk with nothing to protect the surface of it. So I get that, but... Just the fact that I'm spilling on something that's so valuable, not just monetarily, because that wood is very valuable as far as like going to the store and buying it, but sentimental value. So I told him, I said, just let's go to the let's go to Lowe's. We're gonna take 50 bucks with us and we're gonna buy pine. Um, you know, you figure out what we need. We're gonna buy the wood, 
you put the desk together, stain it, shellac it. You know what shade of stain I'm looking for, so give it two or three coats. Do your work, put it together, and plus, if it's pine, it's going to be a lot lighter. Uh, and as in weight-wise, uh, not lighter in color. Because <laughs> obviously I want him to stain it. I want it to kind of have a cherryish look since it was mission style. So he built it. And, uh, and yeah. So, you know, I was like, wow, you know, my dad would love to see this. It's really cool. He's a, you know, woodworker. He loves this. He'll probably stare at this thing and try and figure out how you made it. So we talked for a little bit, and that was cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was just, it's always great to get out and meet new people, people who do different stuff, because that opens up your mind to different possibilities of what to do. And so that's where I try and help people is <clears throat> having those conversations with people where they're like, you know what? You raise an interesting point. I'd like to start doing this. You know, do you have any ideas? And then I can, you know, because I, I can come up with some ideas. You know, I'm I'm fairly decent at, at ideas. You know, I, I, I do my fair share. So, yeah. So that... Um, and, and that's kind of what this episode's about, is, is the power of networking. It gets you out there and it exposes you to people that you would not normally necessarily be exposed to on a normal day-to-day basis. I mean, you might run into this person at the supermarket. <clears throat> you know, you wouldn't know them, though, because if you didn't go to a networking event, you wouldn't know them. But you might see them at the supermarket and you'd never say hi, because, like, well, that person looks interesting. And that's it. You know, it's just this mental, oh, okay, logged person walked past me, brain did its job. Okay, I need cheese. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, you might be in line behind them at the DMV. Of course, in and I don't know how it is in other DMVs because I've only experienced North Carolina, but if you're in a DMV in North Carolina, chances are you're going to know everything there is to know about everybody in line before you get to see <clears throat> the, uh, the officer for your license or whatever it is you're going to the DMV for because it literally takes forever. As a matter of fact, I remember there was that one time, and I don't know how this law ever got passed, but in the state of North Carolina, you did not have to have a social security number to get a driver's license, which meant that when you went to the DMV, there were, you know, there could be you know, 80 to 100 people waiting to get a driver's license, and all I was going in for was a renewal. So needless to say, I drove a couple days here and there uh, in my life without, with an expired license. Cause I had to wait. I mean, it wasn't like, I wasn't like weeks or months. I'm not like some people where I'm like, whatever, the government doesn't know. Woo. They're not going to take my money. You know, I'm not one of those people. I follow the rules. I follow the laws very closely. <clears throat> However, <laughs> at the same time, if you can't get into the DMV because you don't want to wait for three or four hours, cause there's a hundred people in line because they don't have to be us citizens to get a driver's license. You know, I I bent the rules there, and if there's any cops listening, I'm sorry, but from, you know, I actually generally go now super early because the lines aren't as bad, Um, and now that you technically don't even have to go in anymore, but unfortunately, I have to go to the DMV uh, this year because it came to my attention that uh, my driver's license is inaccurate uh, on my height, on my weight, on my eye color and on my hair color uh, because I'm going to switch it from black to gray. Um, It should have probably been gray the last license, 
but the I told the officer, I was like, hey, my eyes are no longer brown. They're actually olive now. They've changed because my eyes do actually periodically change color um, from time to time. Um, I mean, it's not like it used to be like yearly or whatever. It's slowed down now. It's like every five to six years, maybe every eight years, <clears throat> my eyes will change color somewhat. Um, not a total change. They'll just like shade. Um, but yeah, so there's that. Um, and then, you know, my hair has gotten more gray as I've gotten older. I'm now 37. Um, but I joke with people. I'm like, I don't look a day over 60. (laughs) So, so yeah. Um, and of course people are like, oh, you know, you couldn't possibly look 60. You're too young in the face. I'm like, yeah, well, thank you. Uh, but my hair says I'm 60. Um, and then of course all the, uh, the women are like, oh, I love the gray hair. It makes you look so distinguished and everything. And I'm like, I'm married. Um, <laughs> you know, so, but anyway, uh, yeah. And then there's the, um, I'm taller. Because the last time they changed the height on my license, apparently, as I looked at it, was when I got my first license and they entered the information in originally. So it says I'm 5'6", um, which really was kind of bad because the way I found out that that was wrong because who looks at their license on a general basis and fact checks it. Um, <clears throat> I was making a purchase and I had to fill out forms uh, for it. And they were like, uh, sir, you wrote down 510, but your license says you're 5'6", and this is a legal document uh, for your purchase, and it has to be accurate. So I actually had to write down 5'6", even though I haven't been 5'6", since I was 16 years old. Um and I had to write that down. And it was so humiliating to find out that way. Because the guy walked up to me. He was super embarrassed about having to point that out to me. That I had written down something incorrectly on a form. And so yeah. That was really awkward. And it wasn't the most awkward thing ever that happened. <clears throat> because actually. There was one that was even worse. Uh, I got my passport. And I forgot to check a few things. Uh, that I wouldn't have thought to check on the passport. Because they're like, yeah, make sure your address is right. Make sure this, that, and the other. So I checked it. <clears throat> so I walk up and set my passport down. I am so proud and so excited because I'm leaving the country for the first time. It's uh, April 2008. I'm going to be in Germany for May Day. I'm going to have a blast. I'm going to get to meet my aunt and uh, my uncle Garrett and travel Germany, and it's the first time leaving the country. And the very polite woman who was checking the passport at the uh, security checkpoint was like, um, uh, it says that you're a woman, or uh, you're marked as female, and your name, how do you pronounce that? And see, there was a study that was done several years ago about uh, words, and how as long as all the letters are correct, sometimes the letters can be in the incorrect order and our brain will auto-translate that. And we'll see what we expect to see, not what is actually there. That's what happened. Because my name was spelled D-A-I-V-D. Daved. Not David, Daved. So I look at the license, and I, I mean, I look at the passport and I don't see it at first. I'm like, David? No, that's David. She's like, sir, that's not your name, and that's not your name on your license. And, of course, you know, this was post-9-11, of course, so back then that actually meant something. 
uh, and you know it was only it had only been seven years since 9/11, so people were still on pretty high alert, and security was still tight. So <clears throat> they actually gave me a hard time about this, as far as the um, the fact that I was marked as female, not male. And I told the lady, I said, "Listen, if you want to go over to the room, I'll take my pants off right now and show you I'm a male." I just didn't think to check this. You know, I'm sorry. I, I, you don't think to expect to check that because I clearly checked the male box because I am a male. <laughs> so somebody in the U.S. government messed up this paperwork just like they did with spelling my name. They made a typo. I didn't make a typo. I know how to spell my name. It's five letters. It's kind of hard to mess up. Well, not as hard as you'd think, apparently. But yeah, so, so so I'm sitting there very awkwardly dealing with that, and the whole time I'm just sitting there like hopping on the flight and wishing that I could change my passport, that I could fix it before I got to Germany um, and not have to deal with that when I go through German customs, um, not have to deal with that when I come back to America, which America was easy. Um, it really shocked me how easy it was getting back into the country if you're a U.S. citizen. Because literally, we landed in Wa uh, Washington Dulles Airport, Washington, D.C., and literally, they were like, if you're not a U.S. national born citizen, you go in this line. So my grandmother had to go in that line. If you're an American over here, so I walked down this long hallway, and there's, like, nobody. You know, all the people were, were international people, right? Um, so, you know, I go, uh, you know, show my passport. They're like, yep, you're good. Welcome back to America. <clears throat> that was it. And I'm like, this is the nation's capital. And I got through the checkpoint easier <laughs> than getting into Charlotte Douglas to actually leave the country. So it was kind of funny, uh, really. And then, of course, my grandmother, poor thing, she, because she was in, well, she was in Czechoslovakia when the war started, when World War II started. And then, of course, it was taken. <clears throat> it became Germany. She was made a German citizen. So she actually has two last names. She has her Czechoslovakian last name, on her passport, and then her given German name on her passport, because that's how she had to register uh, when she was a German citizen, so that's the way her passport looks. <clears throat> so she always has to go through extra checkpoints because of that, because they can't figure out why she's got two last names, and of course she has to explain it to them, that, you know, she was, you know, it was because of the World War II, and then of course they have, you know, are like, oh, okay, that makes sense, and let her go. I mean, she's this sweet old lady who would never harm anybody. I mean, it's hilarious one story about her. She rode a Greyhound bus down from where I'm from, Cambridge, down here to Charlotte to visit. And me and my mom went to pick her up at the Greyhound bus station in Charlotte. It was at like 3 o'clock in the morning. And there were these girls <clears throat> that got off. They were goth. They had piercings and tattoos and all this stuff and I'm like oh gosh you know I hope grandma is okay <clears throat> you know she's you know in her 70s and you know there was all these these different people and I always worry about her when she's traveling alone you know obviously and uh <clears throat> she's sitting there she walks off the bus after these two girls 
and then they turn around and I'm like, okay, what are they doing? What's going on? You know, I went into like protection mode. I start walking over and they basically, they pull out from their pockets, these two, uh, two sticks. I realized they're crochet sticks. So she teaches these two girls that looked like, you know, this totally all dressed in black, you know, looked like they're getting ready to go to a Rob Zombie concert. She was teaching them how to crochet on the bus. <laughs> so they're making like, they're making like, they, they, they come to find out one of them had like an orange scarf and one of them had a pink scarf that they had made while they were on the bus ride to come to Charlotte. <laughs> my, my grandmother is the sweetest old lady. She can make friends with everybody. And yet she gets stuck in, in airport checkpoints because of her passport because she has two last names. So, you know, it's, it's hilarious, um, the things that she goes through. And, the, uh, and she's so nice to everybody. She's such a friendly person, um, you know, and uh, just an amazing human being. And I'm honored that I, I have had a chance to be around her and to know her. And she's still alive. I'm not saying that like she's gone or anything. I'm just, it's, it's an honor and a blessing to have known such a kind-hearted person that would just give and give and give without any desire or even consideration to get in return um you know she just does it because she loves people you know and uh i'd like to think that you know because of her influence and the things i saw her do um and and the example that my mom uh lived as well behind her on that is what gave me the desire to do what i do you know to be that person that just helps people. And so, yeah, um, you know, so she's, you know, so you just wouldn't think she'd get stopped at security checkpoints. They'd be like, oh, the sweet old lady, let her go. We don't even need to see her passport except for just to stamp it because we have to. You know, other than that, I'm not even going to read it. Just open stamp. You're, you're good, Grandma. Thank you. Oh, you brought me cookies. You're such a sweet person. Thank you. You know, she's that type of person. Um so yeah, but anyway, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, there's just so many great things you can learn from people and no matter who the person is, there's always a story that can be told. And that's what I try and do. I try and help people tell their stories because I'm fascinated by hearing people's stories. Um, so my, my advice is if you hear about a networking event, if you hear about a LinkedIn local, if you hear about anything where you can get a chance to meet people that are not normal people that you would hang out with, to learn and to talk with them and to, to spend time with them, <clears throat> my advice is go do it. You know, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. You know, so just when that... that side of you that says, oh, I'm, I'm really introverted and I don't like being in large crowds comes, just say, you know what, screw it. <clears throat> I'm not listening to you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to engage and set a goal. I'm going to talk to three people, you know, start small. You know, I went and, uh, gosh, I probably talked to 15 or 20 people, uh, which is just amazing for me. There was about a hundred people there, but there was, it was a very small space. <clears throat> and about a hundred people in it, so uh, we were within fire code, but <laughs> it was not easy to move around and to talk to a lot of people. So I just kind of made soirees into different areas and found people that looked like they were alone, uh, as far as 
you know, kind of just sitting there mining, you know, like looking around like lost, like I felt when I went to my first LinkedIn local event and went and engaged with them and said, you know, and started talking to them and finding them and seeking them out to kind of draw them into the crowd, you know, to draw them in and to get them to engage with other people. You know, like one of the guys, he was like, I really want to go talk to those people over there. They look like they might be some people that I might be able to be interested in doing business with, but I don't know how to approach them. I was like, dude, follow me. He's like, what are you going to do? I said, we're going to go introduce ourselves. I said, I'm going to go up there. They got a little circle. There's four of these guys. We're going to make this a circle of six. We're going to get in there and we're going to do this. He's like, okay, I'm just going to follow your lead. I was like, dude, whatever, man. Come on, let's go. You know, you want to talk to these guys, I want to make this happen. You know, so I've went from being that shy guy who's like, oh, there's guys over there. There's, or these, these, these ladies here um, or, or this group here. Or, you know, I'm not talking to anybody. I'm just kind of standing here eating a cookie. You know, because the first LinkedIn local event, there was actually these really good cookies that were uh, brought in by a vendor. They were delicious. So I'm just standing there minding my own business chewing on a cookie. Um, just staring at everybody like, oh, yeah, these people look really cool. I'm just standing over here minding my own business. Don't notice me. I'm eating a cookie. <laughs> so so I've went from that to like, okay, you are not going to be standing over there eating the cookie. You're not going to be what I was. Come on, let's go. Let's go meet some people. Point, and we'll go over there and talk to those people. And we did. It was a lot of fun. And it, I love what I've kind of been able to do and help people, and it, it, it's really fun. So, so with that being said, this is a little bit longer episode, I know, guys. Um, thank you, guys, as always, for listening. Welcome to the show, all of my new listeners. If you have any ideas or things you'd like me to talk about or expound upon, you know, because I'm here to help you guys. That's the goal. So if you want to hear more about the podcasting advertising stuff or you're wanting to hear more about my thoughts on, I don't know, astrophysics, whatever, whatever it is, Send me a message through my various social media channels. I do check all of them. I do keep an eye on all of them. I will respond. I will come up with something. I will create an episode around it because I want to <clears throat> grow as a person. I'm trying to do these uh, interviews. I've actually had somebody reach out to me today, and in the first two words of the message he sent me when in the connection request was interview me in all caps with an exclamation point. And then he had this whole business reason why I should interview him. Like, out of the blue, I don't know this guy from anybody. I've never even heard of him or anything. But you know what? I'm going to read up on him. I'm going to get to know him. I'm going to talk to him a little bit. And then I'm going to interview him. You know? Because, hey, he's got a story. You know? So, you know, I just got to find out what I need to what questions I need to ask him, what, what I need to ask him about, what he's done. You know, I just need to kind of learn a little bit about him, do my homework, and then I'm ready to go, right? So that's what I'm going to do. And it's outside of my comfort zone because this is the first person who's approached me, like, directly, like, as an interview. You know, everyone else I've sought out. And so, you know, that's totally weird, and it's new, but I'm going to do it because I, no matter how much I tell myself in my head that I'm not good enough or I'm not doing the right thing, or I'm going to fail, I say, you know what, screw you, mind, I'm going to do this anyway. And if I fail, so what? I've learned a new way not to do it, so I'll do it differently the next time. That's just the way it is, man. That is real. Everybody has those self-doubt thoughts. That's the way it is. Every human has it. You're no different 
in that respect from anybody else. We all think less of ourselves than others think of us. That's just normal. We're, we're taught that. We're taught to not be prideful, to not be boastful. But when you're good at something, it is okay to tell or to be proud of the fact that you're good at something. Now, I'm not saying be prideful and be like, yeah, I'm the best that ever lived. What I'm saying is, is yeah, I can do that. Sure, I can help you fix your car. I know how to change oil. I can do that. Is that being prideful? No, you're stating a fact that you know how to do something and you're offering to help. <clears throat> it's not prideful or boastful at all. So, with that being said, be honest, be you, say yes to you, and do something that's outside your comfort zone. And if I can be of help in any way or you have an idea for something you'd like me to talk about on the show, by all means, send it my way. You know my social media. Car Thoughts Dave on Twitter and Patreon. Car Thoughts with David on Facebook. I've got the podcast website, dualpodcasts.wixsite forward slash or wixsite.com forward slash website. I've got um, an Instagram uh, page, Dual Podcasts, uh, where I'm featuring podcasts. I've got a lot of new followers that have just recently joined. Thank you guys so much for being a part. If you'd like to support the show, and you know I don't plug this a lot anymore, but if you'd like to support the show, you can support it through my Anchor page or through Patreon. Um, All the money goes back into investing in the podcast investing in the website I'm hoping to get a domain name I'm hoping to get actually a professional plan on Wix so I can take the ads off have some more hosting space things like that because I'm hoping this thing blows up so big that I have to expand so every dollar helps and you know if you feel like donating great if you don't you know I'm doing okay I'm just this is I'm trying to crowdfund and crowdsource this stuff and you know so that's the only reason I plug it and like I said I haven't even plugged it in a while so I'm just throwing that out there but I hope you guys have a fantastic day keep being awesome go out there and say yes to you and live the awesome wonderful fantastic life that you were meant to live even if you're working and staying at your normal nine to five job like what I do Find something that brings you joy and passion in your life that you can do a hobby, a side hustle, a side gig, whatever you want to call it. Go out there and do it for yourself. Trust me, your soul will thank you. So with that note, I'm going to leave you and say Car Thoughts out. Hey everybody, David here from Car Thoughts with David and I just want to share some information with you. You guys have heard me talk about finding your way, finding your path, and starting your journey. Well, if you have decided that you want to start your own podcast, you might be thinking, well, David, that's great, but what do I do? How do I do this? You know, what works? What doesn't work, right? Well, I wrote a book, because you can go back and find my episodes where I talk about all this stuff and listen to them, and that's all well and good, but sometimes it's easier just to have it in print where you can just see it, right? So, I wrote the book called Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Shared. You can pick it up on Amazon on Kindle for 99 cents, less than a dollar. What? That's crazy, right? Less than a dollar, you can pick it up on Kindle. 
if you like to have a print book in your hands and you just like the way it feels, and trust me, I'm looking at this book right now, it's really well printed. I love Kindle Publishing. You can pick it up for $5.50. So you can have a physical copy where you can take notes, where you can you know, keep stuff for quick reference while you're working on creating that awesome epic podcast that I know you're capable of creating. So by all means, if you're looking for ways, you're looking for advice, Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Share is the book for you. Thank you guys. And I could not do any of this without your support. So when I say thank you, I mean it. Thank you.